wandering She's been wandering We were going down to the riverside Welcome to Cheese Underground Radio. I'm Jeannie Carpenter. Thanks so much for joining us. Today we visit small town Wisconsin. We talk with two dairy farm families, both milking small herds of just 60 cows, and who for decades have shipped their milk to the local cheese factory, North Hendron Cooperative Dairy near Willard. There's just one problem. In January, the buyer who had purchased almost all of their blue cheese for years abruptly ended their contract. The folks at North Hendron went from making 2.2 million pounds of blue cheese last year to less than 75,000 pounds so far in 2017. We'll hear their story and how they're trying to keep a historic cheese factory supporting 24 farm families in business. Love Cheese More. This episode of Cheese Underground Radio is sponsored by Fromogenation, Madison's premier cheese shop, located in the heart of America's Dairyland, right on the Capitol Square. Fromogenation's team of expert cheesemongers help you select the perfect cheeses and companions for every occasion. Shop online at Fromogenation.com, or better yet, visit Fromogenation and taste the cheeses that make Wisconsin famous. Fromogenation. Love, cheese, more. Luke Yurkovich is a third-generation dairy farmer. He farms near the tiny town of Willard, Wisconsin, population 539. His grandfather came to the United States in 1910 from the Eastern European country of Slovenia, seeking a better life for his family. After landing in Ellis Island, the Yurkovich family moved first to Ohio, but soon traveled by train and settled down in Wisconsin to farm, clearing acres and acres of stumps left from logging. They used horses and dynamite to clear the land, and within 15 years, Luke's grandpa had built by hand a milking barn, the farmhouse, machine shed, and a pig barn, all from stones picked off the land. And in 1923, he helped found North Hendron Cooperative Dairy, a cheese plant still owned and operated by 24 local dairy farmers, including his grandson, Luke. Today, Luke, his wife Judy, and their son Brendan live on that same home farm and milk 60 cows. For nearly 100 years, three generations of Yurkoviches sent their farm's milk to North Hendron Cooperative Dairy, where it was made into cheese. In 2002, the plant converted from making low-profit commodity cheddar into higher-profit specialty blue cheese. They sold it all under private label to stores across the country as Black River Blue and Black River Gorgonzola. And that is where our story begins. We hear about it first from Luke while standing in his dairy barn, waiting for the evening milking to begin. We have a good product, and I know people know about it, um, but it's just a matter of now finding a distributor to um, distribute some cheese for us, and we're in the process of um, hopefully finding one here in the near future because we're sort of running out of time. Uh, it's costing us some money, and uh, but uh, hopefully we can find somebody that'll take over, you know, or at least find the distributing part of it and uh, get us going again. Yeah, we ship good milk. Uh, 
you know, it's with a small factory like that, most of the farms are smaller. There's a couple bigger ones, but uh, uh, good quality milk, and they're all close to the factory, you know, where you don't have to, to truck it far. So, um, yeah, that all helps, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a good product. High quality milk, stellar cheese. And when Luke talks about how the cooperative is now trying to find a distributor for their blue cheese, what he doesn't say, what he can't say, is that Black River Blue is no longer made by North Hendron Cooperative Dairy. The brokerage firm that purchased the factory's blue cheese for 15 years abruptly cut their ties with the farmer cooperative in January. And since then, 24 dairy farmers, each milking an average of 50 cows, have been struggling to pay their longtime cheesemaker, Mike Vetterkind, to stick around until they can find another buyer. And to further complicate things, as part of the buyout agreement they signed with the former brokerage firm in January, the farmers are operating under a non-compete clause for one year. That means they can't sell their award-winning blue cheese under any name, not Black River Blue, not even North Hendron Blue, to any of their former customers. All right, we're gonna go through the foot bath you're at. Yep. Where would you like to start? We caught up with longtime cheesemaker Mike Vetterkind and general manager Ashlyn Novobilski at the North Hendron Cheese Plant last week to learn a little bit more about their operation and to get an update on the situation. Uh, we started making blue cheese here in the year 2000. Uh, earlier, the plant had been making cheddar and decided to convert over to blue. So another fellow and myself were asked to come and give these guys a hand. They refurbished the factory, put different equipment in so we could facilitate the blue. And we've been going since. Uh, it's a small farmer-owned factory, about 25 patrons. We normally run about 75,000 pounds of milk a day and open vats. We, we started out on a good foot. Uh, the first year we were in it about six months and we entered a state contest in that first place. And after that, we won several national contests. Uh, things were moving up quite well. And well, uh, then another firm bought our brokerage out and our sales appeared to decline. Mm. And uh, so what do I tell you now? We're in the market for anybody that wants to buy our cheese. Yeah. So you're in a position where you're selling cheese to lots of folks. Uh, a broker came in and said, probably said, I can sell more of your cheese if you work with me, which probably turned out, which probably worked out really well for a while. That's sort of the story of Wisconsin Dairy, is that things go well when you can talk to people one-on-one, -on -one, when, when deals can be made with handshakes, but then when that company is sold to someone else, and then that company is sold again, and now, if I remember correctly, that company is owned by a foreign company, right? So there's, there's no more handshakes, there's no more eye-to-eye -eye deals. It's all paperwork and emails and... I, I have some personal experience with this. I was a cheesemaker in for, for 15 years before I started here. I made blue cheese. The same Canadian people bought our plant up there. And in a year's time, we tripled production, but then closed the year to the date because mm -hmm. they said we were making insufficient cheese. Then I'm making cheese here for 15 years and these guys buy our brokerage. You can see where things have gone. I think acquisitions is how they make their money, no yeah. doubt about that. And, and you know that better than I do. You're in the business. Yeah, and I mean, and that's true. In, <laughs> that's not just the cheese business. That's, <laughs> no, it's, it's everywhere. Little it's guys are getting squished. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the little guys yeah. are disappearing and getting 
bought by the medium guys and the medium guys get bought by the big guys and then pretty soon you have multinational companies owning lots of little guys. And, and we're all over, uh, we're finished kicking the, the can now and we just like to promote the product and yep. get back on our yeah. feet and yeah. there's nothing can be done about the past, we need to move forward. Right, uh, right. Lesson learned but sometimes it costs a lesson. Yeah, so so when you lost your market, um, you also you also lost the ability to be able to sell cheese to lots of distributors. Um, when, when, what's the timeline of when you can begin to first sell? First of the year. First of, first of January 1st, 2018. 2018. Okay. The market is open again then. Okay. So your goal is to pretty much try to survive until then. So, because you know you make a good product, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. We haven't had an issue with our product ever. It's yeah. just, uh, you need the buyers and somehow that dried up and well, yeah. we know what that's about. So tell me a little bit about the blue, the cheeses that you make. Um, uh, we make blue cheese and gorgonzola cheese. Okay. Uh, the blue is to be 60 days old in order to legally sell in Wisconsin. That's the statute. Uh, the gorg is a little bit older, 90 days. It acquires a little better flavor with age. There's a bit of difference in the make, just the aging process. Uh, we, uh, like I said, made cheese in our open vats. Uh, we have a brine system, liquid brine system. And uh, the cheese is placed in there for a few days until it creates a bit of a rind. Then we age it in our warm room for a period of time uh, until it's ready for the shelf. Uh, we go through a process where we pierce it to enable the mold to grow in the wheels mm -hmm. and use, uh, well, it's anatomycin to keep the exterior mold under control. Oh, okay. So you just have mold in the wheels instead of on the wheels. Yeah. Previously, when I made cheese at another plant, uh, we didn't have, that wasn't discovered yet, the natamycin. Okay. So all the wheels were green and furry after a month. And so then you had to scrub them all and wash them all by hand. And still the old cheese, like the Stilton is still made that way. Things like that. So. Yeah. And eight pound wheels or what's About the size? About seven, seven, between seven six pounds. and a half to seven pounds. Okay. It's a finished wheel. Okay. So, so these days, how, how often are you making cheese? Uh, not, not, not often enough. Okay. Uh, uh, one day a month. And, we went from about 2.2 million pounds of production a year to um, making, we, can, we have a capacity in this building of about 33,000 pounds. So once we fill that up, then we have to wait until we sell right. out of some of it and then we can make again. So when you say 2.2 million pounds, is that of cheese? Of cheese. Holy cats. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of cheese for a, a little cheese factory in Willard. This is yeah. The distributor that we were working with um, used a lot of it. Yeah. Sold a lot of it for us. Yeah. So it was a pretty big blow and we can't sell. Yeah. Because it's so we're standing in your cheese plant now and I mean it's even though this is an, obviously an older building, your your equipment is, is stellar. We have really nice stainless steel open bats. Everything is super clean. My gosh, you guys do a nice job. The floor drains are even clean. Wow, I could probably eat off that. Cleanliness is a super issue if you want a good product. There's no question about that. Yeah. And the cleanup is equally as important as the make. Everybody has to do their share. It's, so it's nice about a small facility. Everybody works together and they can get the same common thought. It shows up in the product. Right. We're also working on um, possibly becoming SQF certified in this plant and then any packaging that we do outside of the plant after we get going back up to about half production, we would be able to, uh, to start uh, doing those other buildings as well. Okay, yeah, SQF certification, that's quite the, 
the long road of paperwork. Yeah, it you is. Brave it's, soul, you. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, we have we've had a couple of larger market customers. Now that we're doing our own sales and marketing, we're finding that there's a little bit more of a demand for that than what we thought for the for the larger ones that can take the quantity to get us going full time again with our with our employees. So it's kind of been a balance. We want to market to all all customers and all different types and um, it's kind of hard to get into the bigger ones when they're you don't have the certification that they want to see. When Ashlyn talks about SQF certification, that means she'll be working for North Hendron to become approved by the Safe Quality Food Institute. Being certified as SQF is recognized worldwide by retailers and food service providers who require a rigorous, credible food safety management system. It's a big deal for a small cheese factory, but the farmers who own North Hendron are committed to doing things right, and they treat their employees right too, even when they're not making cheese. Yeah, for, for a couple of months, we were paying the, the full wages of our employees just because we wanted to keep the expertise in the cheese making, um, uh, keep them employed here so that we wouldn't lose all of our, all of our expertise. Um, we've since had to cut back on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's it's that's a long time to yeah be yeah able it, to... it it was a, it was a slow bleed to the financial situation of our company, but we thought it was necessary in the beginning because we wanted to make sure that we kept the people that are the heartbeat of the company. You know, the people that know how to make the cheese, the people that know how to work with the cheese, and mm-hmm. and do the things that need to be done to make a quality product. So. So we started off that way. And it sounds like you, you, you'd like to be here for the long run, Mike. Definitely. I started the, the business here with another friend of mine, and I'd like to see it continue. He's our recipe guy. Definitely. He brought the recipe with him, so, yeah. Cheesemakers are the heartbeat. I learned from good people. I've been making cheese since I was 13 years old. Really? Yeah. That's just about 50 years. Always in Wisconsin? Yeah. Yeah, started all cheddar, made some colby, and then got into this blue and all. I've got about... Oh, just under 30 years in the blue now. So you know a lot about blue cheese? Well, I wouldn't say that. I can get the job done. <laughs> well, I don't know. This is a whole different operation with this old style open vats and whatnot. I uh, kind of refer to it as like cooking in your kitchen. If you need to make a change, you're able to do it. The larger facilities, the enclosed vats, double O's, what have you. When you start, that's what you get. Your finished product is, you have no control over it or very little control. This, uh, you can do a lot better job of babysitting it out with a finished product yeah, well it, worth it. It's a, it's a in the I've been in the larger factories and, and there seems to be a lot of folks not a lot of folks there seems to be like one guy pushing buttons yeah and and yeah. here there there's not a lot of buttons I don't see a lot of buttons no everything is added, added <laughs> manually to the vats just like you'd cook in your kitchen and uh, you can observe it as you're going along whether it needs tender care you can give it to them if it doesn't and we've run an emergencies where we had power outages and we had you stir things by hand and we still got the cheese made and it worked out just fine. In a larger facility, the volume is what's important, but the control is what you get. And you know, uh, as yourself out there, as a consumer, quality isn't definitely getting better. Uh, Mm -hmm. So quality is important in the little plant if we're gonna operate at all. When Mike talks about a lifetime of quality cheese making, his words echo that of the 24 dairy farmers who own North Hendron. Many of them are second and third generation dairy farmers. They've spent their lifetime milking cows, sending milk to the same little cheese factory they've always owned, 
and being proud of serving that cheese to their friends and neighbors. Adam and Emily Williams are two of those dairy farmers. They milk 60 cows, and they'd like to pass their farm on to their four children someday. There's Clara, almost seven, Jack, age five, Sonia, two and a half, and little Gus, just one year old. The couple is young. They're just getting started in their farming career. And talking with them on their farm near Willard with little Sonia in tow, there was a little hesitation on who wanted to talk into a microphone and just a little confusion about what year they got married, but we all sorted it out. Um, why don't I have both of you introduce yourselves? Whoever wants to go first. <laughs> They're pointing at each other. <laughs> uh, I'm Emily Williams, um, married Adam in 2008, and um, I grew up on a... This was 2008. Okay. <laughs> I grew up on a dairy farm. And I always skirt over. <laughs> did she get the year wrong? I did not. We were married in 2008. Anyways, yeah, um, we so we got married. <laughs> we got married in 2008. Um, but I had grown up, I grew born and raised on a dairy farm. And we had met and um, started farming here with his dad. We started actually shipping milk through him first and then we bought this farm over here um, and shipping the milk to North Hendron as well. Okay. And how about you Adam? I grew up on my parents dairy farm. I bought, started buying cows when I was 15. 15? You started buying dairy cows when you were 15? Yep. I, got a youth, I got a youth loan through FSA. Wow. It was more for 4-H projects and stuff, but I was able to use it to start so you, up. So you knew from a pretty young age that you wanted to be a dairy farmer? Yes. yes. There was never any doubt? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So how many cows do you have now? Right now I've got 60 total milk cows. Not only, I got 40 in this barn. Okay. And what what breeds do you, do you like? Well, I like the Holsteins, but I've been, I've tried all of them pretty much. I really like the blue roans. The blue roans. Tell me about the blue roans. They're more of a docile animal. They're higher in butter fat, higher in protein, but they'll milk just the same as a Holstein. Oh, okay. Is that a specific breed or is it a certain color of a breed? It's, it's a certain color of a Holstein. Oh, gotcha. Like there's a red and white Holstein, then there's a blue roan, yep. and then you have your regular black and white Holstein. Wow, I need to get out more. <laughs> I, can you tell I grew up on a beef farm? <laughs> we had Herefords. Okay. They're all red and white. Yeah, there was not a lot of differentiation. That's why I started with the other breeds, just for something different to help hold the interest a little more. Sure. Yeah, and I'm sure you get a little bit of different butter fat and protein from different, yes. different cows. Yes. Okay. And how many acres do you have? Well, between my dad and us, we got 210 okay. acres. And are you, do you grow all, all your own crops? Or are you buying feed? We end up buying a lot of our grain, but we grow all of our own forages. Okay. Okay. Um, so really, you were skipping school to buy cows in high school? Yes. <laughs> did you graduate? Yes, I did. I oh. graduated a semester early. Oh, so you're one of those super smart farm kids that <laughs> were like, I got to get out of this classroom. I'll yeah. get back to the farm. Yep. Mommy. Oh, I know a few other guys like that, too. 
they tend to be the best farmers <laughs> and the and, and quietest too he's nodding his head <laughs> <laughs> so how long have you been shipping your milk to north hendron we've been on our own for 10 years okay on our own license right well it'll yeah. Yeah. it'll be 10 next year yeah okay <laughs> 2008 we started shipping yep. under our own name yep, yep. And what do you, why, why North Hendron? What, what did you like about that, that company? Well, it started out that's where my dad was, and so I just stayed with it. And I've come to really appreciate the small, the small co-op. I mean, your milk actually, you know where it's going, what it's doing. And I like the, the co-op part mm -hmm. of it, too. Yeah, and you, you can eat. You can eat cheese that was made from your milk. Yes. Right. Yes. So there's there's 25 patrons of the co-op, right? Four. 24. 24. 24. 24. Yep. Okay. Um, for those who might not know, like what what a co-op is, can you tell me a little bit about how that works and and why and why you like it? Actually, I had started three years ago um, as the office lady at North Hendron. I take care of all the milk. Um, entering in the weights and paying out the farmers. Um, a co-op, it deals with all the farmers are in it together, um, so they own a portion of it. They're all owner, owners in it, and um, so all, all of the farms, now we're, we're down to 24. Um, I don't remember how many there was years ago. It was over 100. It was, mm -hmm. So there's over 100 of them, but so we've dwindled down, but um, yeah, we're all down to smaller dairy farms. <laughs> <laughs> that was Sonia sneezing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, so a co-op works as they all work together and they all get a portion out of it of what, after it's, sure, everything's been do the, do, you, do the farmers, like, who owns the cheese factory? Do you guys own the own that factory too? Yes. Yep. And then you So if, it, if it would ever sell or anything like that, it would be split among the patrons. Gotcha. There's and then no you hire the cheesemaker to make the cheese. Yep. Is that how it yep. works? And the equipment, like all the cheese making equipment? That is that's all under owned by the co op as well. Wow. So patrons all own all that. So so you guys have a lot invested in yes. in this <laughs> cheese factory. Yep. So I can see why you want it to keep going. Yeah. What so about you, Sonia? What do you think? You think you're gonna be a dairy farmer someday? You like cheese? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Actually, we have four kids. Our oldest uh, will be seven, Clara, and then we have Jack, who is five. Sonia is about two and a half, and then we our youngest just turned one. Uh, his name is Augustus. So, and actually, we're the youngest patrons out of all twenty-four. Um, there's another younger couple. I think he's only a year ahead of us, but um, otherwise, they're mainly uh, forty, fifty-year average. Okay, fifty-year-olds. So. Um, but yeah. Well, good job bringing that, that average down. We need more, <laughs> we need more young dairy farmers. Yes. So maybe Sonia will be the next generation. What do you think? <laughs> She's got such a good grin. <laughs> I don't know. She looks like a pretty good farm girl to me. <laughs> Usually I ask people, um, why you, why do you like dairy farming? Why this and instead of something else? It's what he knows. It's what I know. I mean, it's what I grew up with. I I like the values that it 
puts into people. I, I want it for my kids. That's a good answer. I, I do. I, it's hard work, but it, it's good work. It, it just, pays off in the end. For the most part. <laughs> <laughs> Some years are better than others. Yes. Yeah. It shouldn't be as hard as it is. You know, the, the str constant uphill struggle, it seems, but it's a good life. If you're interested in learning more about North Hendren Cooperative Dairy and where you can still buy their cheese with their North Hendren name, check out my blog, cheeseunderground.com. Our program today was produced with the help of Uriah Carpenter, who, like little Sonia, had a hard time deciding which cow was his favorite. One. Number one? Penny. Is Penny your favorite? No. Yeah. Who's your favorite? Clementine? Do all yeah. Your, yeah. Do all your cows have names? Can you Clem say, so Clementine is your favorite? Can you say Clementine? Clementine. Our theme music was composed and performed by Point Five, one of my favorite local bands out of Mineral Point, Wisconsin. So that's it for today. Thanks for joining us. Next week, we head to the Wisconsin State Fair. We attend the State Fair Cheese and Butter Auction and give you a back row seat to the action. Until then, connect with me on Facebook, search Cheese Underground, or follow me on Twitter, at CheeseGeek. Have a great week. Love cheese more. This episode of Cheese Underground Radio is sponsored by Fromogenation, Madison's premier cheese shop, located in the heart of America's Dairyland right on the Capitol Square. Fromogenation's team of expert cheesemongers help you select the perfect cheeses and companions for every occasion. Shop online at fromogenation.com or better yet, visit Fromogenation and taste the cheeses that make Wisconsin famous. Fromogenation, love, cheese, more. All right, should we head out? Are we ready? All right. Well, thank you so much. It was very nice to meet you, Adam. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. You have a spectacular day Do you want to give him a paper towel? He probably doesn't want that in car. You got pooped on the back of your pants. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You've been pooped. Oops. I don't think I had any. But you, yeah, you got a, a big spot on the back of the one leg. It happens. This ladder. <laughs>